بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمد ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد ونبي مامة رضي الله تعالى عنه أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال من قام ليلتي العيدين محتسبا لم يمت قلبه يوم تموت القلوب رواه ابن ماجه Abu Mama radiallahu ta'ala narrates from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that that person who stands, this expression man qama means to perform ibadat. Qama actually literally refers to a person performing tahajjud salah or nawafil, performing salah. However, it refers to engaging one. The general meaning would be that it refers to engaging in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Rasulullah said that that person who engages in Allah's worship, in Allah's ibadat, on the nights of the two Eids, muhtasiban, hoping for reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, lam yamut qalbuhu qulub. His heart will not die on the day when the hearts of others will die. This hadith Obviously, in the past also we discussed it several times. What the, what the meaning of this expression that the heart will not die when the hearts of others will die. Various interpretations ulama kiram have given of this. That Allah Ta'ala will give a special nuraniyat, special hayat to the heart of this person. The more general, more broader meaning he will be saved from the terrors and the hardships and the difficulties of the hereafter, etc. Many, many different virtues ulama Ikram have mentioned with regards to the interpretation of this expression that his heart will not die on the day when the hearts of others will die. The two nights of the two Eids refers to one, the first of Shawwal or the last night of Ramadan, the, the end of the month of Ramadan, the first of Shawwal, that is the night preceding Eid al-Fitr. And in our context this year, the second night that is referred to in this hadith is, will be tonight, which is the tenth of Zul-Hijjah. In the Islamic calendar, the night comes before the day. So this night that is coming is a very Mubarak night, the night of Eid al-Adha. And we find in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. We are encouraged as far as possible to try to spend this night in the ibadat, in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we cannot remain awake the entire night, at least with ihtimam, we should make our tahajjud salah, engage in tilawat of Qur'an, in zikrullah, and engage in dua, in supplication, in turning towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those of us who, mashallah, are already in the habit of making tahajjud salah every night, we should try on this night particularly to try and increase the miqdar or the length of it, try and get up a little bit earlier. We know it is the morning of Eid, tomorrow morning, the various sunnats, mustahabbat, which apply to Eid al-Fitr, also apply to Eid al-Adha. That is, we should try and make nafil ghusl, try and put on new clothes, or if not new clothes, at least fresh set of clothing, apply itar, try and come early for salah. When it comes to the 
Eid Salah, if it is being performed in the Eid Gah, then obviously to walk towards the Eid Gah, Lama mentioned, going by one route, returning by another route. The various sunnats and mustahabbat, we see them normally on the pamphlets that are sent out to us. We should try as far as possible to fulfill them. The least we can do, my respected brothers, is at least our daily sunnats make special ihtimam on these days. One is the miswak, making our wudu with miswak. When making our wudu also to properly be very, very meticulous with regards to the Sunnats of wudu, mustahabbat of wudu, etc. This day, the ninth of Zulhijjah, we mentioned previously, one is Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam exhorted us or exhorted the ummah that if you are not obviously performing hajj itself, then we should try and make mushabahat, imitate the hujjaj on the day of Arafah. In South African context, ninth of Zulhijjah is today. That is the, today would be regarded as what we call Yomul Arafa. And the special virtue of this day is to try and fast. To kafiru sanat al-madiyah, Rasulullah Sallallahu said that the sins of the last year will be forgiven. If a person fasts on the 9th of Zulhijjah. Anas bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu would say, with regards to the first 10 days of Zulhijjah, bikulli yawm alf yawm wa yawm arafa ashratu alaf ayyam. He would say every day is equivalent to 1,000 days. The ibadat of each of these days is equivalent to 1,000 days. And the day of Arafah, Asharatu Alaf Ayyam is equivalent to the ibadat of 10,000 days. This day is the most superior day in the entire Islamic calendar. So it is a day which we should be very, very careful that we do not let this great opportunity which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us go in vain. Try and exert ourselves, try and spend as much time in the ibadat, in the worship of Allah ta'ala. As I mentioned previously, it was the Mubarak practice of our Salafi Salihin that if they were not performing Hajj that year, then on the day of Arafah they would make atikaf in the masjid, nafil atikaf. And they would remain in the masjid for the entire day. If you are going to our job, occupation, etc., Try and take out some time and be very, very careful on days like this to abstain from ghibat, abstain from looking at that which we should not look, abstain from the open and flagrant disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In other words, we should be especially meticulous on these days to make ijtinab, to avoid any type of sins, particularly what we call major sins, kabira guna. On these days we have to be especially meticulous. It's mentioned in the hadith, many, many ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa with regards to the, to, the, to the virtue of the day of Arafah. But just for us to get the barakah of the expressions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa one hadith, famous hadith of Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, that when Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qal, مَا مِنْ يَوْمٍ أَكْثَرَ مِنْ أَنْ يُعْتِقَ اللَّهُ فِيهِ عَبِيدًا مِنَ النَّارِ مِنْ يَوْمِ عَرَفَةِ وَإِنَّهُ لَيَدْنُ يَتَجَلَّى ثُمَّ يُبَاهِ بِهِمُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ فَيَقُولْ مَا أَرَادَ هَؤُلَاء رواه مسلم والنسائي وابن ماجا Aisha رضي الله عنها narrates that Rasulullah said there is no day there is no day in which 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala frees more of his slaves from the fire of Jahannam than the day of Arafah. This is the day in which Allah Ta'ala makes the decision of maghfirat for more slaves than in any other day. Allah Ta'ala, literal translation, وَإِنَّهُ لَيَدْنُ Allah Ta'ala comes closer. Other ahadith we find Allah Ta'ala descends to the first heaven. This we've mentioned many, many times, this coming and going, descending movement. In relation to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we will not take a literal meaning of this. Allah is park and free of all this, these type of harakat, etc. But it means that special rahmat, special mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends on these days. Allah ta'ala reveals His glory. Allah boasts, Allah boasts about His slaves in front of the malaika. Particularly the majma or the gathering that gathers on the day of Arafah. That Allah ta'ala says to His malaika, that look at them. Look at my slaves. Jauni min kulli shu'ath, min kulli fajjin amiq. Shu'athan, ghubran, disheveled hair, body full of dust, referring to the ihram plot, etc. Jauni shu'athan min kulli fajjin amiq. They have come to me from the deep, distant ravines of the earth. Yarjuna jannati wa yakhafuna adabi. They desire my jannat and they fear my azab. فَلَوْ كَانَتْ ذُنُوبُكُمْ كَعَدَدِ الرَّمَلْ أَوْ كَقَطَرِ الْمَطَرِ أَوْ كَزَبَدِ الْبَحَرِ لَغَفَرْتُهَا لَكُمْ Allah addresses the gathering of Arafah and says, Allah says, if your sins be as many as the foams of the waves of the ocean, or your sins be as many as the number of rain droplets that have fallen, or your sins be as many as the number of leaves on the trees, I have forgiven all your sins. So the special day of Allah's mercy, forgiveness, maghfirat is the day of Arafah. Like I said in the South African context, that is the ninth of Zulhijjah is today, so we should not let this great opportunity go in vain, try and exert ourselves in dua, supplication, turning towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on this day of Arafah. With regards to the day of Eid, we mentioned, or we, we made muzakara a few of the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa particularly with regards to Qurbani, with whatever little time we have, at our disposal to continue with few of those ahadith with this near that as much as possible we should try and make amal on what Rasulullah has enjoined upon us with regards to this amal of Qurbani to continue with the hadith we began yesterday Zaid bin Arqam radiallahu ta'ala who says that the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked Nabiya Paak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Ya Rasulullah ma hadihi al-adahi Ya Rasulullah, what is this qurbani, this sacrifice? In other words, what is the significance of it? What is the haqiqat of it? What is the reality? What is matloob? What does Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa want? So Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa few words, but like we mentioned yesterday, voluminous in meaning. Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa said, Sunnatu abikum Ibrahim salawatullahi alayhi wa salamuhu. That this is the sunnah. The revival of the sunnah of your father Ibrahim alayhi salam. Ibrahim alayhi salam is the grandfather of the ummah. From the progeny of Ibrahim alayhi salam, on the one hand he had two sons, Ishaq and Ismail. From the progeny of Ishaq alayhi salam, the Muarikheen, the historians record, they have the opinion that 4,000 Anbiya alayhi salatu salam came from that son of Ibrahim alayhi salam from that side of his progeny. 
And from the other side, Ismail alayhi salam, one Nabi. But obviously, the maqam, status, superiority, nobility of that one Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam supersedes not only the Anbiya, but the whole of humanity. So Ibrahim alayhi salam, because of that, is known as the father of the ummah. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi salam, this is why we find this expression very often in the hadith. When reference is made to Ibrahim alayhi salam, that abik, your father. So he said, sunnatu abikum. It is the sunnat of the... Revival of the practice of your father Ibrahim alayhi salam. There is a whole great history in that. The way Ibrahim alayhi salam was tested by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and through the fazal and karam of Allah ta'ala, the excellent sublime manner in which he passed every test, every hardship, every difficulty, every trial, every tribulation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed in front of him. And from that there are great lessons which we can learn, particularly in these trying, difficult times that we are going through loss of life, loss of wealth, loss of our financial possessions. Many, many brothers have been tested. Families have been tested. We can take lesson and ibrat from the incidents of Anbiya alayhi salatu These were the beloved of Allah. And yet, look at the manner in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tested them. To continue with the hadith, so the sahaba then asked, فَمَا لَنَا فِيهَا يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ Ya Rasulullah, what is, the, what is Allah going to give us? What is the reward of this qurbani? As we heard in the hadith we mentioned previously, Nabi Islam said on the day of Nahar, the 10th of Zul Hijjah, there is no amal. There is no amal that is superior than the, the making qurbani, the spilling of the blood of the sacrificial animal for the, on the day of Eid. There is no amal more superior than that. So open your heart as much as possible. Try and make kathrat of qurbani. One is our wajib qurbani and then over and above that as much as possible. And exhibit kindness towards the poor, spend on the poor, spend on the needy, etc. What is the reward? Famalana fiha ya Rasulullah. Nabi Salaam said that for every strand of hair, Sahaba asked in surprise, Fasuf, Ya Rasulullah, wool. We find if you look at the sheep, it's Body is covered with wool, tiny, tiny strands of hair. You can't even count multitudes of it. So Sahaba was surprised. So much reward. Fasuf. Nabi Salaam said, "Bikulli sha'aratim min asufi hasana." For every strand of wool, for every strand of hair on the body of the sacrificial animal, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is going to reward you. In other words, such is the fazal and the karam of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. The hadith which we mentioned, Nabi Salaam said, "The hoof, the horns." The blood, the flesh, all this will be brought and placed fi mizanika yawm al-qiyamah will be placed on your scale of good deeds. But obviously, how heavy it will be on that scale is not the physical weight. Whether you bought a 50 kilogram or 60 kilogram or 70 kilogram sheep or what was the weight of the cow, live weight or the weight of the flesh, there will be what was the jazba, what was the taqwa, what was the iman. What was the imani zeal behind fulfilling this great sunnat of Ibrahim alayhi salam and of our beloved Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam? Because as we mentioned, Nabi Abbaq sallallahu alayhi wasallam in his Hajjatul Wada, that year Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam made qurbani of 100 camels. 63 camels Nabi Abbaq sallallahu alayhi wasallam slaughtered with his own Mubarak hands and the balance gave the zimadari to Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala to fulfill. When it comes to this Amal of Qurbani itself, one is like I've mentioned many times previously, when it comes to our charity, 
One is long distance charity. Person writes a check or a person sends money overseas or wherever Muslims are needy, long distance with, with zakat, etc. And the other is the mansha. The mansha behind it is yourself physically to go to the poor. Share in their plight. One is they are going through financial hardship, they are also going through psychological difficulty. Like in, this, in what has happened now, those brothers that are going for mulakats, the karguzaris are coming. Some people have lost their homes, they lost their livelihoods. This is something that shakes a person to the core. We are insan, we are weak. So one is to try and assist financially, the other is to give that comfort, to give that himmat, that imani talk, that imani muzakara. And that can only come when there is contact with those that are in difficulty or hardship. So the mansha of shariat is not, when it comes to our spending, is not to do long distance spending. The reward inshallah will get. But to actually mix with the poor, bring yourself down to the level, see what they are going through and try and give them physical comfort also. So when it comes to this qurbani also, many of us, we have our qurbani there's need in Syria, there's need in Palestine, there's need in other places, India, etc., Bangladesh. So many send their qurbani to those foreign countries. That is fine. With that, the zamedari or the responsibility will be discharged. But the mansha is to actually physically do the qurbani yourself. Like the other day, Imam Shabir Sahib, Saluj Saluji, Dawan Barakatul, gave the example of Sheikh Al-Hind, that he would rear the qurbani animal for an entire year himself and develop a physical bond and attachment with that animal and then the qurbani would be made so that when that knife is passed this is reminiscent of the sunnah of Ibrahim salam. where did it come from? he passed the knife on the neck of his own child of his own son to show Allah that my heart is yours belongs to you only I'm prepared to sacrifice anything on your command so this is why we find that we are encouraged that we should try and revive the sunnah where we physically perform the qurbani. With regards to that, very briefly, the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam exhorted his own daughter, Sayyidina Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha, the queen of the women of Jannah, that Ya Fatima, qumi fashhadi udhiyyataki. That, O Fatima, stand up and witness your qurbani. Obviously because of the masturat, the laws, ahkamat of parda, of concealment. That is why the day of Eid, some, some, mashallah, some of us are in the habit of taking our families to farms, outlying areas. We take the children also. We have to, whilst these practices, to get the masturat to witness their qurbani is actually encouraged in, in shariat. But this does not, this should not, the sunnah should not be carried out in such a way that that which is fard and obligatory, we tend to break those commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The hukam of parda has to be observed. Decorum has to be observed. Eid day should not become a bazaar, laughing and joking, etc. We should revive the sunnah when that kurbani animal is being sacrificed, understand a life is being taken in the name of Allah. It's not something to laugh and joke about. It's not, some, it's not, a, it's not, some, it's not merriment. It is a great sunnah that is taught to us. 
Sunnat of Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam of Rasulullah Pak sallallahu alayhi wasalam. Taking Allah's name when that Qurbani animal's life is taken. In this context, Nabi Salaam advised his daughter that stand up and witness to your own Qurbani. Why? Fa'inna laki bi awwali qatratin taqtur min damiha maghfiratan likulli dham. Because when the first drop of blood will fall of that Qurbani animal, Allah will forgive all your sins. So, so merciful and kind Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. And then Nabi Salaam goes on to tell her, Ama innahu yujau bi lakhmiha wa damiha. Said, that this same animal, he says to Fatima radiallahu the same animal with its flesh, with its blood, on the day of Qiyamah will be brought and it will be placed in your scale of deeds multiplied 70 times. So this is why Allah's Rasul exhorted her and obviously the males, if we have the ability to carry out the qurbani ourselves, we should carry out the qurbani ourselves. And if we cannot, we are not, obviously, if a person is not expert in carrying out this amal of qurbani, sometimes he can cause more damage, he can cause more pain, unnecessary pain. Whilst we are taking the life of the animal, it has to be done in a humane manner. Time is very limited, there is no time to go into all the etiquettes and adabs that ulama kiram have mentioned. But, by way of example, the hadith of Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu is a very famous hadith. That marra Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ala rajulin wadi'in rijlahu ala safhati shat wa huwa yuhiddu shafratahu. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu says that once Nabi sallallahu alayhi passed by a person. He had placed his foot on the neck of the sacrificial animal, of the, of, of the sheep, in order to succumb that animal and to keep it in control. And then what was he doing? He was sharpening his knife. Ibn Abbas says that this person was sharpening his knife whilst the animal is looking. He's got the animal under control, he's got his foot on his neck and he's sharpening his knife and the animal is looking at this. Allah's Rasul when he saw this he became upset. He was in mercy. To every alam, to even animals also. He became upset. Why didn't you sharpen the knife before this? What was the need to do it now? Why give unnecessary suffering to this animal? Nabi says, do you want to cause it to suffer two deaths? One is the imminent death that's going to take place from its qurbani. Over and above that, unnecessary suffering. So we are taught that this practice of qurbani should be carried out in a humane manner. Unnecessary suffering our shariat prohibits even for animals. So there are certain etiquettes and adabs like coming back to what we are saying that if you cannot expertly carry it out yourself then at least witness it. And if you are not expert at it then let others do it. Don't cause unnecessary suffering and pain to the sacrificial animal. Allah give us the fix one.